The following program is produced and powered by straightradio.com. Hip hop is consists of a few, few elements. You got the rap, DJs, the B-boys, the style of dress, and the graffiti. It's so Sonic Biggs with Let's Talk Hip Hop, the podcast. <laughs> Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to Let's Talk Hip Hop with myself, Mr. Biggs, a.k.a. Sonic Biggs, and my opponent say Sally Rock, R-O-C-K in the city. Working on your body, Mr. Biggs, ooh, and what's going on? And we got TK with the wine of the week. Yo, 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 what's going on, everybody? We're going to be talking to Debbie D in a little bit. And who else we got? We got a special guest. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. None other than the legendary Cool DJ D and Tyrone, the mixologist, Mr. B. Oh, it's going to be a lot of history dropped tonight, baby. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. a lot of history dropped tonight. That's absolutely right. From the fruit to the root right here, Woo! as they used to say. All right. So what's been going on this week, my brother? Nah, man, not much, not much. How about with yourself? Just, you know, relaxing, working, uh, you know, got some news this week, man. We lost the legendary uh, John Singleton this week, yeah, man. Yeah, man, that brother man. did a, uh, he did a lot for us, man. He did a lot for us. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Was the first, uh, was the first young brother to get a, to be? First African-American to be nominated for an Academy Award as a director. Right. Wow. Yeah. And the youngest at the time. He was only in his 20s when that happened. When he did, uh, what's that first movie he did with um, with Cube? Boys in the Hood. He got a line in there. I always taught my sons, um, everybody talk about respect your elders, respect your elders. Yes. And ever since that came out, I was like, even my oldest son, it came out, you know, around his time. I was like, he said one line, it was um, respect those who respect you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I remember I, that. I remember that. I think that's an interesting um, concept. You know, I think a lot of times, and you know what? Because... We are at that age where we are the elders, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, you know, I see different things that happen with, with people who are our, our age, who are carrying themselves in a manner. It's not for me to judge how you live your life or how you carry yourself, but I, I, I believe that people should kind of age with dignity. Exactly. You know what I mean? Age gracefully. And respect is earned. And you got to grow. You got to grow. And the only way you can teach your kids to grow if you grow. You know, if you're still acting like a child... How you expect to raise a child? Absolutely, absolutely. I, I cannot tell you countless people that you and I both know, <laughs> you know what I mean, who are who are 60 going on 12. Yes. You know what I mean? And yeah, 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 you know, they're trying to recapture some lost Benjamin, youth. Benjamin Buttons. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Benjamin, going backwards. Yeah, exactly. They're going backwards, <laughs> absolutely. So you get a lot of people like that, man. So um, John Singleton, rest in peace to that, brother. He did a lot of things. And, and you know, he gave people, black and white, a slice of Americana because, you know, black Americana is Americana too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? For sure. And he gave that whole West Coast slice of life. Made a lot of great movies, man. I mean, people talk about Boys in the Hood, but he also did uh, Poetic Justice. That was great. Yeah, it was. Yes, it was. He uh, did Baby Hi- Boy too, right? Baby he did Baby, Baby Boy. Boy. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Uh, Higher Learning, which that is actually excellent. one of my favorite. Yeah, that's that one of my excellent. favorite movies. You know, especially that slice of college life and the whole Nazi thing. And, and it's it's really relevant now in this day and age and in, in the times that we're living in right now with all the racial unrest that's coming coming back along, you know? And, so, and just on that, man, you said that uh, that ugly word, man, that, that racist word. Yes, man, you know, yes. 
that racism, something that took place had me pissed off, man. It happened in uh, Hugo, South Carolina. Hugo, mm. South Carolina. I don't know where the hell I did it sound crazy, but uh, <laughs> this uh, woman alleged was a uh, uh, robbed a store. Really? And allegedly they caught her in her car. Well, in the car was her and her four children. And the police opened fire on them. I didn't hear anything about this. I remember you were talking the other week that something else happened someplace else. Oh, man. Something it's similar. Crazy. It's crazy. Wow. Now, the, um, the, 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 the children was the ages of five, three, hmm. four, and two. Oh, that's crazy. Three of them got hit. Wow. The four-year-old got hit in her head. Hmm. She got a bullet enlarged in her head right now. Wow. The other ones, the five-year-old, some kind of way, got a fractured skull. The two-year-old wasn't touched, and the three-year-old, he had bullet wounds in the face. Wow. And what about the mother? And the mother, the mother's telling the story, so evidently... She uh, came out all right. Not that she came out all right. It must... She must didn't do this robbery, because she, she's reporting this story, so if she did this robbery, she would be locked up. That's true. Yep. You know, That's she was on her true. way to the hospital when she was getting interviewed, on her way to the hospital to see the children. Wow. I mean, who, who's training these guys? I mean, I know we spoke about, but this shit is so real. It's like, this just burns me up. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just open fire. You don't even go see who's in the car. Like, hold your hands up. Put your hands on the dash. You just going to open fire. And you got babies. These are babies. Yeah, some kind of procedure. So, crazy. so did the police have a reasoning for doing that? They just, they, they, well, they said that, this is what they say. You know they're going to say they bullshit. Yeah. And they felt threatened mm -hmm. because uh, they told her to stop, and she didn't stop, and she almost hit one of the cops mm -hmm. with a vehicle. You know, the, you know the line. You know the line. I was in fear of my life, and, and I felt and, I was in imminent and, danger and of the lives exactly, of my officers. And that's exactly what was said. Absolutely. That's exactly what was said. Well, that's the company line, Mr. Biggs. That's the company line. That's like, that's what that's they, like that's do what you want fries told. with your shake? <laughs> <laughs> you know? But it, it, it's so, you know, and that it just pissed me off. Man. I wanted to go on a whole another topic, man. And I was reading this, man, and I'm like, is this shit going to ever stop, man? Is yeah. this shit going to ever stop? It's, it's, it's almost and, like. And, and, and it's crazy, like, hip-hop can stop this shit. Because we got enough numbers and enough power to stop this shit. One way or the other. You know what I'm saying? One way or the other. I, I, I agree with you. I think, you know, economic power. Um, our political power, and I think that it's really important for young people to be involved in the political process. I think one of the dumbest things that anyone could ever say is, well, I didn't vote because my vote don't mean nothing anyway. That's exactly that's why it doesn't mean nothing, because you that, didn't vote. That's the dumbest shit, man. Yeah. I mean, first of all, it's your right. You know, it's your right. Exercise your right. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. you always complain when they take away your right, they lock your ass up. <laughs> yeah. you exercise your rights, man. And not only that, it's a right that countless black men and women died for. Exactly. You know what I mean? Other groups, you know, we they, they like to compare to compare us to other minorities. And I bristle at that because there is no minority in this country who has the history of the African American. Everybody else came here because they were seeking a better life. 
That wasn't our game. We were all right where we were at. Yeah, they and you decided to come and get us. Our culture you, and everything. And, you know, it raped us of our culture. Then, after slavery was gone, after you fought kicking the screen, you fought an entire war to keep it in place. And they still look at you and spit on you, look at you like shit. Absolutely. I mean, they went, they talked about, well, slavery's dead. Well, you know, people are like, well, slavery's over. Yeah, you're absolutely right, slavery's over. I don't have to refer to slavery. I can refer to any decade in the hundred years of the 20th century about the various atrocities that you perpetrated against us. You kept a de facto form of slavery in place for the next hundred years after it was abolished. So I, I don't, mean, you know. Just like that, what was that movie, 12 Years of... 12 Years of Slave, yes. Yeah, they, they, thought, they thought he was free. He came up north, they kidnapped his ass, took him back, made him a slave again. Absolutely, they were doing <laughs> things like that, the Fugitive Slave Act, and they were running around looking for people who were freedmen, never were slaves. Never. And they would kidnap them and sell them down in the Deep South. Absolutely. So there's a lot of history. There's a lot of history, man. And Absolutely. it seems like we forgetting it, <laughs> but they're not forgetting it. I mean, they they shooting us down. they gunning our kids down. they killing our babies. This shit going to have to stop, man. Absolutely. It's, 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 it's just crazy, man. Yeah. It's the thing. You four years old and you in the hospital with a bullet in your head. You don't know shit from nothing. Yeah. You got a bullet in your head. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and and like you said, though, Mr. Biggs, hip-hop has the power to be an agent of change when it comes to things of this nature. And that's in the voting booth. That's in pop culture. That is in social cause, social activism. We go back to Nipsey Hussle and exactly. what he was trying to do. Exactly. But one of the things that we have to stop doing as well is killing our own. Killing our own. Because they will do it for us. Without a and, doubt. And they're doing it. But I just wish those babies well. Mom, stay strong. And um, it's, it's tough, man. It's tough. All right. So, Mr. Biggs, we're going to take a pause for the cause or what? Yeah, man. This broadcast is brought to you by Mr. Biggs Wines, along with Mr. Biggs and Sons Corpse. Hey, we got a beautiful lineup ahead of us. We'll be back with uh, Debbie D. All right. You keep it right there. Sonic Biggs and Let's Talk Hip Hop. I want to let y'all know this was brought to you by Mr. Biggs Wines. And I'm Mr. Biggs from the legendary group, the Show Sonic Force. And I can honestly say I'm one of the true founders of this billion dollar industry called hip hop. Through it all, I have been very fortunate to travel the world, enjoy some fine things in life, the finer things in life that is. During that time, I acquired a taste of fine wine. One day while I was relaxing, sipping on a nice glass of wine, I realized that I'm part of a new generation that just started appreciating the presence of fine wine. Yes, the early hip hop generation is now enjoying fine wine. Millions of people throughout the world who grew up on hip hop now enjoy the great taste of fine wine. That's that Mr. Biggs wine. Visit my website at MrBigsWines.com to order your bottles today. Yo, Charlie. Yo, my brother. I think we got Deb on the line. I think we got Deb on the line. Yeah, it sounds like that. It sounds like time. Debbie D, what's the word? What's the word, Debbie D? Hey, what's going on, Charlie Rock? Good to hear your voice on tonight. All right. We got hip-hop in the streets. There is a lot 
that is going on. So let me bring all of my fans up to speed. Um, I want to kind of focus in on the movies on tonight because there's a lot that's going on in the movie world. We just um, are in the midst of the Tribeca Film Festival, which is held every year in New York City. And um, one of the groups that is featured in the hip-hop, in this Tribeca Film Festival is the Wu-Tang Clan. Now, the Wu-Tang yeah. Clan has an extensive catalog of music, and they have four gold and platinum albums. And hold up, so hold up. They, 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 they actually did a movie, or is it a documentary? It is a documentary. It's a documentary series, actually, and it's called Of Mike and Men. I and have heard of that. It is going to be coming on Showtime really, really soon, yeah. but of course, they featured it at the Tribeca Film Festival. Nas was there. Some other hip-hop artists came out, and with their catalog, I'm telling you, it's going to be just dope. It's going to be so powerful. All the fans are going to be locked in the Showtime, and I'm just so glad that they're finally going to get their work on the full screen. Mm. Then we have my girl Queen Latifah now. I just think that Queen Latifah flies under the radar when she does a lot of her stuff because we don't really hear about it as much. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, but she does really, really big things. And she also was featured at the Tribeca Film Festival. But she has what they call um, two short documentaries coming out. And what she did was she's been mentoring women uh, of, of color who are interested in being movie directors. Wow. So she's got two shorts coming out under her um, title, Queen Collective Short. Um, if There Is Light is about a family um, that deals with the shelter system. And then another one called The Ballet After Dark, which deals with the woman who survived abuse and is using ballet for part of her therapy. That's so deep. I'm really proud of what she's doing. That's going to be coming on Hulu for everybody that's locked into that. And that's going to be real good. And then I just heard to, today, as a matter of fact, I pioneered the legendary DJ Grand Wizard Theodore. The Harlem International Film Festival is going to be kicking off um, this month. And on May 16th, he's going to be premiering a movie or a documentary called Itching for a Scratch. And as we know, um, Grand Wizard Theodore is the inventor of Scratch. He is part of the legendary group, the L Brothers, and also the Fantastic Five from back in the day. So that's really going to be interesting. Also in the movie filmmaking business. We unfortunately got really, really bad news on this week. We had to say goodbye to the legendary filmmaker John Singleton. Yes. Yeah, and, that was, um, that was one so of the sad. that was extraordinary big about um, Mr. Singleton's work for me is that not only did he depict black life, but he also featured hip-hop artists not as entertainers but actors. Right. And so we really started seeing people like Ice Cube come up on the screen and Boys in the Hood. Also, Yo-Yo was in that. And then we saw Baby Boy. We saw Snoop Dogg. We also um, saw in Higher Learning, we saw Ice Cube again and Busta Rhymes. Then Poetic Justice, we saw Tupac. And also that was the first time that Janet Jackson was actually pictured in a movie. 
Mm, so he right. has done some really, really extraordinary work, and we're really going to miss him, and we celebrate all of the work um, that John Singleton has done, and we say rest in peace to um, that particular gentleman. Now, we got some really interesting news that just kind of came up on Instagram, and we found out looking at DJ Spinderella's Instagram feed that she is no longer a part of the hip-hop duo Salt and Pepper. So how did that happen? I don't know what's going on, but according to her Instagram, she says she received a termination email. Wow. No longer in the group as of January 2019. And they just released a reality show that just came out on yesterday on BET. They're pairing it with the other legendary group, SWV. I did hear so, about that. Yeah. Is she is she in the reality show or they, they cut out she of that? Is, she is featured in the reality show. Yes, she is. She was filming with them and everything. And, you know, this kind of just happened in January. Unfortunately, um, we found out, like I said, through a feed, and she said on her feed that, you know, nobody even said anything and they were having something that was coming up with her picture in it with the group and she wanted to let the fans know that she will no longer be performing with them because of this termination email. So there's a lot that happens in girl groups. I've been a part of a girl group, so, you know, I can often say to people, listen, everything that you see happening on the stage ain't always happening behind closed doors. So mm. it is what it is, but, it you know, what listen, it is. you got to go on and do your thing. She's a tremendous DJ, and we wish her well. So shout out to my girl DJ Spinderella and Salt and Pepper. I know both of them are gonna continue. I mean, to she do she well. she shouldn't um shouldn't be hard for her to find work just DJing all over the world because she Absolutely. she got the name. Them DJs is making a lot of cash right now. Yes. And let me and let me tell you, she's a girl DJ. You know, she can be a mentor. She can teach in colleges, universities, write books. Listen, you need a DJ. Everybody need a DJ. At the end of the day, yep. DJ. And she, she deals with vinyl. So shout out to all the DJs that are still spinning that vinyl. That's what's <laughs> up. That's what's yeah. up. So she's going to be fine now. Um, Cardi B. That's my girl. Cardi I B. love her. I love her. Be careful. I love her. Your girl, that's your, that's your girl, Cardi B. Yeah, I love her. Girl. See, what, what, okay. what, they, what they forget about Cardi, see, a lot of people can rap. A lot of people, you know, is nice on the mic, but Cardi B got that charisma, man. A lot of people don't understand that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or don't want to accept Cardi it. Cardi B is an entertainer. And exactly. Person. In this particular day and hour, your money is not necessarily in the studio. Your money is on the stage, so you got to be able to entertain people. But yesterday, she got six awards from the Billboard Awards, and See? so See? you know, we applaud her and all of her efforts and everything what she's doing, but. I wanted to bring her up because even though she's got all of these awards, the light was really shining and the streets was really talking about her husband. Offset is in the spotlight and this is my dude for the week. He reconciled with his father after 23 years wow. of separation. Okay. He put on his Instagram and I'm quoting here, dreams do come true. I haven't seen my father in 23 years, and I still love him. The past is the past, and the present is all we have to rely on. We're not perfect in any way, shape, or form. I love you, um, Dad, no matter what. That's so big. you know what? All right. Seven million people have seen that video. Wow. Him embracing his dad. And I believe that 
other people are going to be inspired. So, you know, from what happened and what transpired and just realizing, listen, you got to forgive, put the past in the past, if you can, because sometimes you can't, you know, you, you got to forgive. Cause the Bible tells us to forgive. But they can forgive. A lot of that should be straight bullshit. They can forgive. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You listen, sometimes you just got to be civil and keep on moving. But 7 million people saw that. And I just believe, my brothers, that some people are going to be inspired by that particular video. So it's a lot of talk in the streets about what's going on. And, and all we got to do is stay tuned because it is going down. That's all right. That's down, what's up. Right? That's what's it's up. Live. All right. That was great, Dad. Nah, we're good to go. God, yeah, well, but other than that, you forgot in, in Poetic Justice, the debut of my man Q Tip. Yes, yes, and thank you so much for that. Yeah. I have his name written here Q Tip and Tony Locke. Tone Locke. Tone Locke, that's right. Tone that's right. Tone Locke. Tone Locke, yeah, exactly. So, you know, it, it, listen, it, it's about that time. I'm just glad I was in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up. Okay. That's what's up. Debbie on point, man. Debbie on point. Oh, Debbie has some. Debbie has some some noise in that one, man. Debbie has some noise in that one. This podcast is brought to you by Mr. Big's Wines, along with Mr. Big's Court. Yeah, Charlie, man. We got a special guest coming up, man. Oh, really? And we got the people waiting for them. Who we got, Charlie? No, 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 no. My man Tyrone, the mixologist and the legendary Cool DJ D. For those people who are not familiar with the history of hip hop, Cool DJ D and Tyrone, the mixologist premier DJs in the early 70s and they actually were uh, two DJs who who were kind of a hybrid they played not only you know in the streets and in the in the community centers for us as b-boys and that beginning of hip-hop but they were one of the rare few DJs who actually played in the established adult clubs so they played in places like the legendary Nell Gwen's the constellation the hotel diplomat places like that which were really adult disco venues and a lot of times they kind of get left out of the conversation of the pioneers of hip hop because people kind of relegate them to just being disco DJs. But we are here to tell you and let you know because we witnessed it, okay? Witnessed it. Cool DJ D and Tyrone the Mixologist are very much pioneers of the hip hop culture. Hip hop class, baby. Mr. Big's Wines used to be brought to you by Mr. Big's Wines and Mr. Big's Corpse. Peace. Welcome back, fam. Welcome back. Yo, Charlie, man, we got a real legend on the line, man. A real legend. Who's that, Mr. Biggs? Who's that? Who do we have in Tyrone. Tyrone. Oh, not my man Tyrone, the mixologist. The mixologist, my brother. Oh, man. Yo, listen, I got a question. Is is, Is it my man Cool D with him, too? Yo, Tyrone. Yep, yep. You got D with you? Right here. 
Okay, okay, let's get it on. (laughs) Cool D and the legendary Tyrone, the mixologist. For those of you who are not aware, we are talking to two legends of the birth of hip hop. Tyrone and Cool D, the mixologist. Tyrone, Cool D and Tyrone, the mixologist. Uh, You know, from the Soundview area, there are a lot of different stories that you hear about, you know, with Africa Bambada and, of course, the legendary disco king Mario. But you need to know the man who really put all of them on is none other than the two people that we have here. Cool D and Tyrone, the mixologist. And we're gonna do some real rapping today. We got some got some good topics to talk to you about, Tyrone and D. Hey, first of all, Tyrone or D, I just want to know in your own words, what is hip hop to you? I want you to describe hip hop in your own words. Anyone? Well, um, hip hop to me is, is being true to yourself and true to your art and true to life. You know, you, you know, it's 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 living your to the fullest and having a damn good time. That's hip hop to me. Yeah, hip hop to me is the culture, style, dress, the words we used back then. Ain't that the joint? <laughs> <laughs> that's what's up. Right, that's what's right, up. Right. That's what's up. All right. So cool, dude. It's Charlie Rock here. What's going on, my brother? <clears throat> I'm cool, man. I'm just chilling as usual. You know me. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Absolutely. You know. Original cool guy. That's the original cool guy. Absolutely. You know, we were talking, and we we get into these various debates with a lot of people, particularly about um, hip-hop versus disco. And, you know, I always tell people one of the things that made you and Tyrone unique were that you were the hybrid. You know, you had people like your contemporaries, Pete DJ Jones, Grandmaster Flowers, uh, DJ Hollywood even, who were pretty much strictly disco type. DJs and I've known people to try and uh, pigeonhole you and Tyrone in that category and I, myself and Mr. Biggs we've had to correct them on numerous occasions no while Cool D and Tyrone were people who played in the clubs in fact out of that group the only one who actually played in the clubs they played hip hop or what we considered at that time hip hop music very specifically beats or b-boy music for us when you played in the venues like 123 or or Rosedale Park or 100 Park. And so I wanted you to kind of expound on that particular thing about the difference between the disco clubs that you were playing in versus when you played in the places like 123, because I think for our listeners, that's really an important distinction. Okay, well, the the, the disco is the same thing as um, the hip hop music. We were playing hip hop records at the disco, but the only difference was we let the music play all the way straight through. You understand? Yes. And, 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 you know, like, I can't stop that. You know, they are hustled. I stopped that from the beginning in the disco, and they dance through that. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. And we don't, and, 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 and we don't run back the, 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 the beat part. We just let it go through in, in a regular um, in a disco club at the time. But when we get to the Bronx and we're doing the hip-hop, now we got to, we, we don't play the beginning of the record. We go straight <laughs> to, the, to that, to that, that Yeah, straight to the break. Right, right, straight to the break. And, and, and keep that break going. That's, that's the difference the, the hip hop and the disco, but oh. it's basically the same music. Okay. So what do you, what do you, why do you feel that all these uh, cats that the the PD well uh, the Hollywoods and those cats why do you think they jumping on the hip hop bandwagon now when back then they wasn't really want nothing to do with hip hop like you couldn't wear no shoes at their gigs couldn't break dance at their gigs and why why do you think the big change why do you think everyone want to claim hip hop now because. This goes dead. Uh, I mean, nobody, you know, being recognized for disco any, anymore. I, I mean, you know, you have a couple of people, but like Eddie Rivera and people like that. But this goes dead, and the hip hop is the thing that's making money now. It's, 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 it's the thing that you know. It, it, it's a special type of, of music that everybody's into. And I just got a different view of that. 
I think the view is that disco has separated itself and became freestyle music versus hip-hop music. And, and the tracks that were played back in the disco days, and it's like you said, go straight to the break for hip-hop and let it play. If it's, um, if it's you know, in the disco in the club, because most of the disco clubs had older generation, more older, older style crowd. They, they, they weren't interested in just the break. They want to hear the whole song, in other words. So that was a significant part of disco at the time. But in terms of the music that was actually paid, played in the disco, there was a lot of hip-hop music played in the discos. Can you give me some... Like Mexican, all that stuff, it was being played and danced to. That's really interesting because when I used to go to the discos, now, because I I, kind of actually went to both. You know, because I used to go to the Stardust Ballroom and wear shoes and everything like that. And of course, obviously, as you know, I went to 123 and everything like that. And and it was rare for me to ever hear what we consider b-boy music or breaks at those different clubs. So I, I really would love to hear you elaborate on that. Well, Charlie, I think you went more later on in the 70s. But you, you wasn't it like it in the discos. Like in like when I first came up and I played Bomb Silver. I brought the record and um what's that record um a band no 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 um the guy with the afro what's his name Willie Hutchins no it's not Willie Hutchins I'm sorry um I, I can't think of the record right now we'll get back to that but okay. I brought records that I used to play in the club up there right and I saw what what the, what the, the kids dance Billy Stewart Bill what's his name damn I forgot his guy Baby Huey Baby Huey I'm sorry oh listen to me listen to me yeah listen to me I I played that in Bronx in Bronx. <clears throat> And they started, they were breaking that like crazy, you understand? So I yeah. bought that from Midtown Manhattan when I was supposed to play the clubs out. Mostly village area. Yeah. So, 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 see, certain records like that, that, that crossed over, you understand, from disco to hip hop. What year, what, what year are you talking about? Talking about 73, 73, yeah, 73. 73, oh. 74, playing the Bronx Civil. Okay, and, okay. And the, in the, in the, in the gym, not outside. In the gym. Okay, because um, you know, I remember Baby Huey. Now that's always that's an original b-boy jam. You know what I mean? I'm right. talking about like in 1975 when I was going to the Hevelo to Cool Herc parties. You know, that's Baby Huey is one of the canons. You know, in the hip hop canon of b-boy music. You know, and it's interesting that you're saying that because um, yeah, you're absolutely right. In '73, I was spading by '73, but as a baby spade, we couldn't get into those clubs yet. Absolutely right. true. Now let me ask you. So, how do you feel about a um, calling Hurt the Godfather of hip hop and Hollywood saying he started hip hop. How do you guys feel about that type of stuff? Well, that's on him. I mean, that's him. You know, everything that has been consummated is because of certain people we're not going to mention, but you could see that that's what it was. It was a conglomerate, you know, at that time. And I think a lot of people got jealous of a lot of DJs that had their own. Mm, that's yeah. Opinion. I think they were just kind of jealous that, you know, we, we were versatile DJs and we played in both places, you know, in the Manhattan area and Bronx and spread ourselves around, you know. And I don't know if that was a jealousy thing or not, but they didn't include us at all in anything, in the hip-hop industry, and, and they tried to exclude us from everything. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Now, Hurt was there when I was there. It's the only can tell you people that I've seen. Yes. So I, I, you, you can't take nothing from her. He was there. We were both there at the same time. So, you know, I can't take anything from her. But Hollywood, I don't remember him until the 371 Club. That's when I started hearing the Hollywood. He said he was in Harlem and he was doing things down there. But when I heard him at the 371 Club, it wasn't exactly 
disco. Yeah, it, it, it was still like disco, but with with, with the rhyming and the and the chanting. In it. Yes, yes, exactly. And and I've told people, and and, and I would ask Mister, I did not hear of Hollywood until three seventy one either. Yeah, I think was, that's when. Well, he claimed he was doing stuff in um, Harlem in nineteen seventy one and seventy two. Right. And you know, while while and I admittedly was not in in Harlem in nineteen seventy one and nineteen seventy two. But even I was around in 1975, and I didn't hear anything about. Right, hmm? right. We, we, we was doing like the celebrity club down there. I think yeah. Yes, yeah, on 25th Street, 70 Club on the East Side. Yes. And yeah. we was a, we was one of the first DJs in Harlem World. Yeah, I remember the night they opened up Harlem World. Who was that? 1977, actually. 77, 78. See, because yeah. they, you know, they always with with Herc, they said the 73, and then they was pushing that flyer, which we found out that flyer was fake because Clark Kent name was on that flyer and he wasn't even down with them in 73. And then a lot of, in 73, you know, we was, you know, we was spades, you know what I'm saying? And and, yeah. and, and all those people that claimed nobody could tell me nothing that went on at that party in 73, mm-hmm. you know? So I already know that flyer is bogus, but- um, You talking about the birthday party? For right, sister? right. The back to school party, yes. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not gonna say anything about that. If the man going to say that, I, I mean, say, I, I, I can't say anything about. See, that. what we're trying to do is, is put a, a true tr- timeline on this hip hop thing, and and I know like I want Bam about his first MCs, and they keep saying '73, '73. We wasn't doing this shit in '73. '73, we was doing space shit. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And 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 a lot of guys that ran were hurt. That was from Bronx River. They was doing spade shit or reaper shit. They was in one or the other. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to, you know, I'm just trying to get a timeline on, on especially because they saying Herc is the Godfather. He started in '73, and to me, like this hip hop shit was not popping in To me, it was not popping in '73 because that's not what the Bronx was doing. No, the disco, the disco, the disco was 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 was, was going out then. Right, disco. And and in fact, the late part of '73 is when it. The hip hop started coming in. It was a late part of it, and everybody was trying to push it out because none of the other DJs want to play the music. Exactly, exactly. That's and that's real. They were complaining. Oh, these guys are scratching up records and they're doing this and doing that. You know, I'm like, dude, you have to change your lifestyle. You know, if you can't accept it, it's going to come anyway. It's making a full, you know, it's making a strong move on right. on, on on the industry. Can't stop. So, Absolutely. And that's what it did. Everybody that tried to defy it only hurt itself because it's here. Yeah. And it's stronger than ever. Yeah. I, I, I remember T, T, DJ Jones told me, yo, D, it's just so fast, man. It's going to go, man. It's going to go. I said, yo, man, I don't know, man. This guy's sticking around because I'm safe for the kids and they seem to go crazy over it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And, 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 and I know disco and I try to tell people disco went the way of the dinosaur. Um, and you know what happened and as I've said on many for those in the audience who are you know our Let's Talk Hip Hop listeners and you know Mr. Biggs mentioned the Black Spades well Cool D and Tyrone neither one of them are strangers to the Black Spades and in fact if I recall correctly D you were actually president of the First Division First Chapter at one point is that correct? That's correct Absolutely absolutely and so you know we can see all these various transitions one of the things we like to talk about is the role that gang culture played in the birth of what eventually became hip hop, and I know you were around for that. So, can you expound? You and Tyrone expound on that a little bit. Well, the the the, the maids. We used to go to 
to um, Club Falls Shaft down on uh, 163rd Street in Westchester there. Mm-hmm. It's going to be dark in there. We used to do the spade dance. I think, you know, the energy of the the, 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 the gangs, because you had Gallo Brothers in there and you had spades in there. Sam Snowman's in there. Sam Snowman's. And we, we would, you know, we do our spade dance in there. And, you know, I think that that energy drilled out on, on the streets where, you know, it, it you know, influenced the breakdancing that they was doing today. Absolutely. You know, you know so, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and the energy, they think the, the, the yeah. energy from the games pushed up because the, all the people that was in the games, you know, just took in hip hop like it, like it was a religion to them. Yes. So everybody, everybody was in the games with the hip hop like crazy. Yeah, that's how the culture was formed. Right, right, right. Because I remember, I never heard of the Shaft. That's a new one on me. Because yeah, guys from Bronx River, the old cats used to go there. Yeah, see, I didn't know about the Shaft. So I knew about the tunnel and the puzzle. I knew about those. Right. I knew about those because I couldn't get in. Because I remember the tunnel was a club that was on um, 161st Street, right across from Yankee Stadium in the Grand yeah, Concourse, yeah, yeah. underneath right, right, the Concourse right. Plaza Hotel. And I remember now, I'm around 14 years old by this time, and we're hanging out. We ain't got no business hanging out, but we are. You know, and that was some of the side benefits of being affiliated as a baby spade, you knew you had some backup. and But we right. could not get into the uh, the tunnel or the puzzle. We were still too young. Yeah, I didn't even try. <laughs> Take my ass in Bronx River. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it's been great talking to you, man. It's been great talking to y'all. We definitely going to reach back out to you again because I know uh, we're going to get a lot of uh, feedback on this interview. This is definitely one of the best, man. Very informative, man, and we appreciate y'all, man. Yeah, we went we went from for the fruit we went to the root on this one. Yeah, no doubt. All right. right. Hey, did did y'all make y'all speak y'all, your speakers or, or did y'all buy y'all speakers? I know we made most of our shit. Well, the the bass woofers we didn't make them, but we had a guy in Brooklyn make them. Made the AT woofers um, mm. seven bacon that we had. Okay, okay, made, okay. Yeah. And Jazzy and Superman made most of our shit. Yeah, yeah, and and and, and um my man uh Sinbad. Yeah, Sinbad. Uh, Sinbad. 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 Used to yeah. make the ass kickers. That's right. That's right. And, you know, I also heard that you guys actually started in Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah. I, I started EJ in Brooklyn. Okay. Wow. With a group called Fantasia. Oh, we had, shit. We had, those, we had those guys come up to play with us one time in Bronx River when we was there. with was T.J. Jones um, and Fantasia and us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember yeah. that shit clearly now that you mentioned. Damn, yeah, these people yeah. getting so much I mean, shit. But, but I remember, because I remember Fantasia, and I've told people about this, when they used to play the Norman Thomas parties. Right, That's right, what right. your sister Vanessa, they used right, to play right, the Norman right, Thomas. Right. And I used to get, because they would not play any B-boy music, and I was ready to go off, and they just would not. Yeah. They just would not. Oh, man. D, yeah, that, T. That's the problem. That's the problem I had with Fantasia. They wouldn't, uh, the, the DJ that they is history as they say yeah let me put something else in history we played the autobahn Ooh, remember that yeah and we played places that a lot of other DJs didn't make us to play okay like manhattan center and yeah. all those areas oh nell gwen's i remember you played nell gwen's yeah nell gwen's is another club we played superstar superstar cafeteria Vaughn. yes Vaughn played um, um what's that club downtown beach over there oh prince george hotel down beach 
played all. Oh, y'all definitely was all over the place. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. But I heard a guy came at me one time and said that I only played outside. Nah. <laughs> hey, you got me and Charlie. You got me and Charlie here, man. We gonna put all this shit in perspective, man. But yo, we appreciate y'all, man, and we gonna make sure they know about T and D. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. We gotta have a part two to this one day. We gotta have a part two to this one day. All right, man. Peace and love, brother. I'm gonna reach out to y'all. All right. All right. The legendary cool DJ D and Tyrone, the mixologist. Oh man, that. Good. That was right. good. That, that was, was now good. Now we straightened out a we straightened out a number of things yeah, right there, yeah, man. Yeah, that was good. You know that corroborated a lot of stuff we talked about because you know, Cool D and Tyrone played in the clubs like you know because Bam and Mario we they played in the you know the centers, the centers and, and, and everything. They hit big clubs at you know at, at that time. Exactly, exactly, and that was the thing with D that made D and Tyrone. I remember they had that coffin. Their, yeah, yeah, their yeah, whole the thing was very professional looking. They had Cool D and in old English letters across the thing in the coffin, and they were impressive, you know? Let them know what the coffin is. Well, what the coffin is for our um, Let's Talk Hip Hop listeners, the coffin is like a wooden box, looks, I guess, like a coffin, so to speak, but the turntables are embedded in the coffin, okay? So usually you had guys, when they had their turntables, they had their techniques turntables, and they were freestanding, one on each side, and usually put it on top of on top of the turntable cover, as a matter of fact, and try to put something to balance it. And the issue with it is that, of course, if you're doing cuts or mixes, D and Tyrone mentioned scratching. Scratching really wasn't even on the set No, yet. it wasn't scratching. That didn't yet. come till around 78 somewhere. But when you would have it, you had to be really careful because it could bounce, you know, the turntable and, of course, make the record skip. D and Tyrone had the coffin and the K- the turntables were embedded in the coffin with the mixer, a GLI mixer, in the middle. So it was basically contained as one unit, so and it had a, a cover and everything. So it was a real coffin? No, it wasn't no, a real no, coffin no, like no, what Japarian people call. didn't know. That's, okay. what they, that's what they just called it because this turntable sit in it as like a body. Yes. I'm, I'm telling man, you know what, man? We That was my man TK, and being that TK jumped in, we're going to come with... The wine of the week. What's the wine of the week, DK? Right. What's going on? The wine of the week is something that's near and dead to me and my pop's heart. It's called a Sage Bumante. This wine is named after my my pop's granddaughter, his first granddaughter, my first niece. So now a Spumante is kind of it's kind of like a a champagne, but you really can't say it's a champagne because that's like a French wine. So it so we call it it's a Spumante Diasti. It's a sweet wine, and you could do more. It's like chocolate. You could put chocolate. Fruit, fruit salads and stuff like that. It has a nice little sparkle, nice little kick to it on the back end. So that sounds like the Valentine's Day yeah, wine, yeah, there, it, Mr. It's Big. Actually, it's actually, it's actually our champagne. But like you said, if it's not from France, you can't call it champagne. You can't call it champagne. Oh, that's interesting. So it's like Spumante, like Italian. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I'm like, you know, uh, we don't just talk hip hop here. We talk wine. I'm, I'm getting to be the bit of the connoisseur myself. We're listening to TK, the connoisseur. Uh, you know, I I don't drink, but uh, what they call a sommelier? Yeah, yeah, there you go. See there, my stuff's coming out right now. Oh man, that's oh, right. Man. Hey yo, this podcast has been brought to you by Mr. Big's Wines, along with Mr. Big's Court. All right, so I guess that's it's about that time, Mr. Big's. It's about time oh, to hit the road. That was, that was a great interview, man. That yes, was great interview, T, man. But hey, man, until next time, peace and love. We're out. James Brown, baby. Yo, Mr. Big James Brown, you know, that's... Brown. Now, you want to talk about the godfather of hip-hop. That's the godfather of hip-hop. You know?
you know. People lost their minds when this came on. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. You can't have a hip hop party without yeah. some James Brown. Yeah. Hit it, dude. I'm gonna try to take my big ass to that floor. This <laughs> oh, yo, boy, no, 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 no. Oh, man, you used to have to see your dad, man. Mr. Biggs used to do this dance. I can't do it in in, in the studio. One day, he still one day I'm gonna have to, to show it. you. Yo, it was hot. It was hot. Go on. 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 Go on